Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey there, Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders. Welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast for our special end of the month patron episode. And this will be real quick at the beginning of the episode. As always, at the end of the month, we have to say thanks to our new patrons. So thank you and join me in welcoming Robbie H, Neon Lighters, Heather A, and Danny to our patrons. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. And um, thank you to all of our patrons who continue to support the show. Also, at the end of every month, I go through all of our new ratings and reviews and read out our newest reviews, our newest five-star reviews. So we have two new ones this month, one from Gypsy Girl 2.0 from the U.S. who says, this is my new favorite podcast. Tom slash Robots does an awesome job telling us the lore behind the Fallout games and his thought experiments and fun sense of humor make it even better. This podcast is what got me back into the game. Highly recommended for any Fallout fan. So thank you so much, Gypsy Girl. And then also, Natasitrix, I don't know how to pronounce that one, from the U.S., writes, Great production and hosting. I've really been enjoying this podcast and the other Fallout podcasts on the network. Lore in this universe is really thought-provoking and can easily be missed or overlooked while playing the games. So to have a podcast focused on lore is great. I love putting this on and listening while I get ready in the morning or while cooking. I do have one suggestion, which is to include more detail about specific events and locations. I noticed a lot of times there's hesitation to get too deeply into things for fear of spoiling it for people. But honestly, most people listening are listening because they want to hear about the things they missed, not to be protected from spoilers. That's really my only critique. Well, thank you for that critique. That's a, that's a good thing to consider moving forward. And I will be a little bit less careful about that in the future. Um, I know sometimes I do hold off on things and sometimes it's because I want to delve deeper in a future episode while returning to the topic. 
I want to keep things surface for a certain amount of time and then kind of come back to them. And then sometimes it has to do with new released content like Wastelanders for Fallout 76. So um, I'll take that into consideration and uh, I do appreciate any critiques you guys have. So as always, feel free to reach out to me if you have any thoughts or or anything you want to get hold of me about. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We recorded it live during a Twitch stream on Sunday night on twitch.tv slash robots radio. So if you want to tune into those in the future, then make sure that you're following on Twitter and you're in the discord and you're um, following on Twitch and you have notifications enabled. That way, you know, when we go live. So uh, without further ado, here's our patron episode. Enjoy. All right, Wastelanders and Vault Dwellers, this is your host, Tom or Robots, and we are back today with a very special episode. It's actually doubly special because this is the patron chat episode for the end of April, but it is also being streamed live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash robots radio, where we will have live interaction from our viewers um, with our chatters in the in the Twitch chat. So we'll have even more liveness energy. I don't know. Words. We'll even have more words happening so yay awesome so uh let's welcome all of our tier four patrons who could make it this this week to the episode let's start with aperture flash hey folks it's aperture flash coming to you almost live once again middle of nowhere in the cab of a truck parked on the side of the road awesome and next we have Firewriter. hey how you guys doing and, a little questionable if I was gonna make it tonight. Oh, I'm I'm glad you made it. Yeah, are you feeling better? <laughs> Me too. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And then we have Magnus Vile. Yeah. Hey everyone. And Nunamer. Hey, checking in from the Commonwealth. Got another crazy storm this month. It's not lightning, just high winds. But I don't know what it is about this podcast makes storms start in my area. So <laughs> there we go. It's magic. Um, and then soybean. Hello, it is the bean. It is the bean. The bean is back. That's your new tagline. And then uh, Victor. Yep, I'm here. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, Victor. And then we have a new person, uh, Zemnies. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Um, kind of sitting on this in a trucking uh, truck parking lot uh, for the night, so I can go deliver my load in the morning. Very cool. So we officially now have two truck drivers who are tier four patrons. So Aperture, you're no longer alone. Yeah, I can't believe that my bit has been stolen. Yeah, they stolen your bit. Although you guys now could combine your powers into a two host uh, trucker podcast. We should have a robots radio convoy. Robots radio convoy cast. (laughs) There you go. So um, this week, we are actually this month for the patron chat episode, we are talking about our favorite wacky things in the wasteland or Easter eggs, some of the things that come at us sideways and make us think a little bit or are surprised. And kicking us off this week is Aperture Flash. Aperture, what do you got for us? Uh, I got a few small. Uh, the first is a to us from Fallout 1. It is. Uh, Brahmin herd, and literally, it's just a group of Brahmin that are going moo, moo, I say, and they won't attack you. And uh, this was actually uh, Tim Kane, who uh, messed with his other developers, uh, Darker Realm, 
Diablo. He would throw them into their developers' room to kind of mess with them. So he threw it into the actual game. Then um, there's everyone's favorite uh, from Fallout. Also Fallout 1. The unusual call box, which uh, it's a little blue box. It's bigger on the inside. You can't actually get into it. Uh, it makes a strange noise uh, when you approach it just in the middle of the wastes. Um, it makes a, a whooshing noise as it slowly fades out of distance. And I'm sure that if the technology were there, you'd be able to smell fish sticks and custard, whatever it is <laughs> that a, a blue call box uh-huh. leaves behind. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and um, then in uh, Fallout... Uh, oh, no, 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 come back. Oh, Fallout 2, it was... Um, we actually get a visit from royalty. Real royalty form of the Brotherhood of Steel. King Arthur Pendragon uh, is the leader of the last great squad of Paladin 41. If you run it, it's a, it's a rare occurrence. Run into uh, You can ask him, do you have a Gek? Kind of a big part of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually has two of them. But he refuses to give them over because that would just be too easy to end, end your quest that way. So he asks you about the holy hand you can actually win that direction <laughs> awesome now he's going to be running for a while because the holy hand grenade fallout new vegas it's got a bit of a hike ahead of it and speaking last Thank one speaking bottom, of man. fallout new vegas have you ever found the evil no oh, you're breaking up no? you're breaking up on us have you ever found the what Uh-oh. say it again the evil gnome the evil gnome ever found the evil gnome I don't recall. It's been so long. Oh my god, there's an evil gnome, and he's truly evil because he's not wearing a hat, and he has glasses. What <laughs> oh. kind of monster? Is that... So, the evil, <laughs> the evil gnome is just like any other common, intact, or damaged garden in stature, weight, and value. But instead of the pointy red hat and cheery demeanor, he sports a scowl and black-rimmed glasses. It is a <laughs> reference to New Vegas's world scott ever uh also known as scotty based on the game editor id scott e gnome uh there's two of them uh i'm not uh, you can find them in the fire root cavern fire root cavern and the cottonwood crater you have to go digging but they are there and they are scary and they are evil there's more than one there's two there's, but they're in separate locations. It's not like there's a group together. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That would be terrifying. <laughs> there's a whole, a whole little community of evil gnomes. No, oh, no. Oh, what horror have you brought upon us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these, these are fun little Easter eggs. Do you have any others? Um, none prepared. None prepared. No, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I just wanted to make sure before we, we opened it up to everyone else. Have, have any of you guys come I mean, across any of these in the games? So, yeah, well, I wanted to say, like, first of all, with the uh, with the TARDIS uh, appearance, um, because of the time of Fallout 1, it wouldn't have been fish fingers and custard that you'd be uh, noticing. It would be the fact that the doctor was supposedly half human because the doctor during that time period was the American 
uh, movie doctor where he was supposed to be half human, which was very strange. But anyway, my, my Doctor Who fandom is showing. But uh, yeah, this was, that would have been old Doctor but, Who. That wasn't the reboot yet. Well, it was okay, the but- first. Technically, it was the first reboot before the the reboot with uh, Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> the real reboot. It was, yeah, it was when Fox bought the rights and aired an American uh, TV movie of Doctor Who. But but anyway, but that's should, a whole other. That's know, for- <laughs> as, you should know as well as I do that that doesn't matter to. It could be the next Doctor. I don't know. That's true. That's true. Traveling through time and space. But, but no, but about the, um, with the Easter eggs and random craziness of Fallout 1 and 2, one of the weird things was how, how hard it was to come across some of those because it wasn't like, you know, Easter eggs in a modern game where you have to go to a certain place or do a certain sequence of events to get it to trigger. It was very random and it was clicking around on a map and it would just these random encounters would just pop up and just happen and so that especially the tardis that was the one that really when i played um the original fallout that was the one that really got me the most was seeing the tardis in the uh, fallout universe which makes you question did does that mean that the doctor of that universe allowed the great war to happen yeah yeah. I mean, the question would be is, would the Great War affect the universe as a whole badly <laughs> enough, like Lord War did? That's going off into Doctor Who fandom. But no, that's, that's really interesting. And I really appreciate the, the Brahmin herd with the mood, with the cow dimension Diablo reference stuff, because I always found that oh, whole bit with the cows. Yes. Hilarious. Yeah. That, that, I didn't realize that, that there was a cow relation between the two games. They were connected, <laughs> they were connected by cows. That's funny. I think there's also some kind of connection to that in World of Warcraft, but don't. Um, there's a well. World of Warcraft is is still Blizzard, right? Which is Diablo. So yeah, they they reference it. They've referenced everything in World of Warcraft throughout the years. Everything from like Plants vs Zombies to, um, I don't know, whatever. Every every new expansion has some sort of reference on some sort of cultural thing. Um, cool. Anybody else have any thoughts on this, Magnus? Technically, the whole cow thing could also be linked to Witcher if it came out recently because of the whole if you farm cows in Witcher 3, there's a massive cow boss that appears that wears a monocle. That is funny. So, <laughs> the, the, the cow encounters all the way back in Fallout 1, you said, at? Yes. So, that, that, so, the Witcher game, Witcher 3, is actually referencing this whole cow meta joke that's happening in video games since the 90s somebody needs to make a cow pg game (laughs) cow simulator cow 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 adventure simulator cow rpgs (laughs) i just want to know what these cows did are these developers like so heavily burned into these game developers subcon they're able to span all versus what the Oh. The truth is out there. They're, they're wizard cows or something. <laughs> the truth is out there. All right. All right, Aperture. Thanks for, these are some fun ones. Uh, thanks for bringing these. Um, let's move on. Do you have anything to finish up with? Or ready to move oh, on? I, I was going to say. Oh, oh sorry. Ago, Go ahead. Um, that there's a cow Easter egg in Outer Worlds as well. And that one specifically is referencing Firefly. Oh. oh yeah, with the why are there cows on our ship? 
Yeah, uh-huh. why are there cows on our ship? <laughs> oh, and there is, speaking yeah. of cows, there is one more small thing that I should mention about cows in Fallout. Um, in Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas, you can tip the Brahmin. I don't know if you've ever tried this. Stealth up next to uh, Brahmin, the option to tip it over is available. Yeah, cow tipping was a big joke in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, it's actually a very evil activity, but, uh, yeah. you know. I remember, I remember joking about that, like in high school and stuff and people being like, yeah, we're going out cow tipping tonight. <laughs> you know, and of course they That's didn't, a good way to, but yeah. Good way to catch a hoof. To <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, All right. maybe we'll have some more cow Easter eggs as we move, move on. Let's find out. Um, <laughs> fire Rider, Welcome to the show again. Glad you're feeling better. Hey, me too. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't have cows. You don't have cows. Okay, so what, what do you have? What are you bringing? So I have a really goofy guy in Fallout 4, uh, Paco Quinn with his charge card. Okay, okay. So as you are traveling through the rubble of South Boston, you encounter a guy who introduces himself with a very heavy uh, Boston, I put in quotes, accent, uh, who would like to sell you on the benefits of his charge card. And uh, he gives you a pretty heavy sell, uh, really laying out the reasons why this card is so beneficial. And I w- as I was thinking on this, I realized he kind of has a point. Um, because uh, have you ever tried to carry around a sack full of caps? And yes. I like, yes. Who said yes? Wait a uh, minute. Nerd. <laughs> Was that aperture? Listen, desperate times, y'all. Desperate, desperate times. times. <laughs> is that is that the is that the currency they use out on the road? Zemnies, can you can you confirm this? <laughs> Zemnies, you're not allowed to confirm that. The secret can't get out. Trucker's code. But, but you know, yeah, I you mean, generally, you know, in the trucking industry, in in all reality, yes, it's easier to carry a card on you than it is to carry cash or whatnot. But at the same time, you still should have some sort of cash or, in this case, caps on you instead of you know plastic cart all right all right so not actual real caps then <laughs> right <laughs> that's right. correct okay we'll not we'll not confirm nor <laughs> we'll, <do> not. <laughs> all right sorry fiery go ahead continue yeah it's totally fine so i i actually do happen to have a stash of caps at home um you know gotta gotta save them up for that day which we all know is coming um maybe sooner rather than later wow dark and, okay um, go on <laughs> So I, sorry. So um, I actually uh, counted them out earlier to see just how many would fit in this jar that I have them in, and I asked uh, uh, the folks in the chat to take a guess at how many were in there, and I was amazed that nobody got close. Uh, the closest one was uh, Magnus Vial at fifty-eight, but the actual number that fit in there were ninety-five. So a spaghetti sauce. Size jar holds ninety five caps. If you want to, that's a that's a pretty decent stash. I could probably buy. You know, I, I could survive for maybe a week on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, how would one go about transporting five hundred or a thousand caps? Yeah, I mean, think um, about everybody running around in Fallout seventy six with like thousands of caps on them. Right. Where did, it's, how do, it's just not possible. They're just like chink, 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 chink with like a big Santa sack behind their back across the wasteland. <laughs> and everybody knows. Jingling, jangling. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, that guy's got that guy's rich. <laughs> yeah. 
so the guy's on to something, but, uh, but you know, the question is, are you really going to give this guy a uh, hundred caps for a piece of plastic that you don't know if anyone will accept? And, and then there's the question of how would that even work? Would he go to the vendors and then pay off everyone's bills? And, and I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but listening to the guy talk and just having the conversation with him is an absolute hoot. And I'm pretty sure that they specifically filled his dialogue with as many words containing the letter R as possible just to really force that accent. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh-huh. But when you listen to him talk, in addition to his accent, he also constantly uses some wrong words. And uh, some of the examples that kind of jumped out at me is he says things like, but I regress instead of, but I digress. Uh-huh. And uh, he uh-huh. says, no need to get confirmational instead of confrontational. And then uh-huh. he also says one that I couldn't even figure out what it was supposed to say, but it was, I apologize expectorantly. <laughs> mm, so yeah. if you know what that's supposed to mean, share it with me because I don't have a clue. Um, but I regress. Um, <laughs> so you have a few options when you're dealing with him. And one is to pretty much tell him to get lost, in which he calls you a rather rude name that starts with an R. Uh, I'm not going to repeat it here. A, a regressive? Um, uh, no, but good okay. guess. Okay. Uh, so, him calling you that may uh, prompt you to take the second choice, which is to kill him. But the third choice is to act. Oh, he disappeared. The so, third choice is to, and then we lost you. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I don't know what happened there. Um, anyway, the third choice is to actually buy his card. Okay. Uh, you're probably going to be disappointed. Or maybe you won't be because you do unlock extra dialogue at uh, the various vendors in Diamond City and Good Neighbor. So um, if you're in the game again, I encourage you to go ahead and try it and see what people say. And I mean, you're really only out a spaghetti sauce worth a jar of caps. Um, And my personal favorite response is from Cleo in Good Neighbor. And I don't know if you want me to share that because it might ruin the fun for somebody else, but it's hilarious. Um, I think I think we um, share it. We'll just give a little spoiler okay. warning. Let, let's you know skip ahead like thirty seconds if if you're worried about it. <laughs> it. Says, "Well, I appreciate the novelty of crushing someone under the burden of financial debt. We only accept caps here." Mm. Mm. Nice. Oh, I do remember. <laughs> I do remember this now that you brought it up. I do remember finding the guy selling the card and thinking what <laughs> like, wait what like who what like who decided to put this in here so, somebody pretty goofy yeah somebody pretty pretty oh, goofy oh but one more thing though when you get to far harbor there is somebody who actually takes the card and uh in, oh. on, the, on the harbor itself uh accepts the charge card huh. they'll give you 100 caps for it do they buy it from you or do they just allow you to purchase something basically either way oh, okay interesting <laughs> interesting i didn't i didn't know that it had such far-reaching effects i thought it was just kind of a goof and then i was like well okay yeah. that's funny and then i oh, i don't remember uh, what i did yeah they really uh, played it up um and then um as a little personal story um a couple of years ago i was in the boston area for my graduation and uh since hotels in boston were ridiculously expensive at the time because uh there's there's a lot of schools in boston they all graduate at the same time um so we stayed a place a bit further south and i was absolutely delighted when the guy at the counter in the hotel asked me to please swipe my card swipe the card 
Yeah, I have a really great story about being up in Boston. When um, we went up for the Bethesda game days, when we performed with the Chad crew, um, uh, the guy that does Chad's voice and I, he's he's from the UK, and he and we shared a room together, and he was like, "Hey, I want to, I want to get, I want the real Boston experience. I want to go find a best diner in the city to have breakfast." And it turned turned out it was like I don't know six seven blocks away or something like that. So we walked it in the freezing cold. It was absolutely freezing two months ago when we were up there, and um, we get there and it's packed and they won't let anyone in because it's too full. So we have to wait outside. And then they will only let people in, and you can only sit in a booth if there's four people to a booth. So it, there were two of us. So they forced us to sit with these two other guys who happened to be these like construction guys, these like Boston construction guys. And we had the best conversations with these two guys with the best authentic Boston accents and, you know, like salt of the earth talking about like hitting on girls and all. <laughs> it was just, we were just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. So that was, that's my authentic Boston experience experience. When we were there, we had to, we were taking the bus back um, to get back to, it was a whole thing. There was like the, the, subway system was down for part of it but and they were like shuttling people around and the red sox game had just gotten out so we were on the bus with just packed full of red sox fans and i remember there's this one woman who was just yelling at everyone in this just huge braying boston accent and my sister and i were just falling over cracking up because it was like the whole thing was so it was like out of a movie or something uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like we had stepped right into like goodwill hunting or something i don't right. know it was hilarious right. how about them apples yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Soybean, did you have something you wanted to add in? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Maybe, maybe not. I thought I saw. Yes. Oh, yes. there you are. Hey. Hi. Oh my God. So, what was it? Far Harbor and and linking to the main story. Um, when you get the serum from doing the Cabot House, the like uh, radiation serum thing, mm-hmm. you can bring it to Far Harbor, and there's this guy who's like really sick and like. I think he had like fallen in the water or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but uh, you give him the serum and it helps them. And he's not very happy. It helps him because he's a sad boy. But uh, um, so it's just interesting to see all the things that kind of connect that you get from the main story or like from at least the main area that then could be used in Far Harbor. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. I, d- I didn't play a ton of Far Harbor. Um, so 
I, I'm not the best source for that. I need to do some research before I, I dig into more of that. But um, that's cool. I didn't realize there was so much there. Nunamur? I just wanted to say all this talk about Boston accents has me only slightly triggered right now, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm handling it. I was a little worried when I uh, went for that, that you might uh, reach through the wires and somehow single me. <laughs> oh, but we enjoy it. It's a positive thing. <laughs> I, I absolutely do. I, I actually... Um, when I was a kid, I, I used to actually hate the Boston accent so, so much. So I don't, I don't mind occasionally when it gets made fun of. I understand it's very, it's a very silly accent. And uh, especially if you're wandering around the area where that guy was, um, you'll probably find somebody walking around offering you something on the street, probably using similar dialogue to that guy and misusing words much like that. So and like a real human, um, a real person. Yeah, yeah. I figured this was probably a pretty authentic experience. Exactly. I think it, it might be one of the most uh, authentic Boston experiences that you can experience in Fallout 4. So it's uh, very wacky, but also very real. There you go. From, from the source itself. Aperture, do you have something to add? Yeah, uh, two small things. Uh, first, Noom, um, when I first noticed your accent, I was so giddy. I, th I think it's like just such a great accent. Um, but also, uh, from the reading I've done, they mostly just included that bit in Far Harbor where he'll accept the card as a joke. They, they won't, honestly just wanted to see how long it would take for someone to pop up on Reddit and be like, Hey, did you know that if you hold on to this charge card, uh, spend it? And like, apparently a bunch of people were like, Oh no, I just scrapped it. What do you mean you can spend it? You can actually find uh, charge cards in the uh, junk category. A bunch of junk. It's uh, one plastic. Okay, you were kind of. I had I had to look up to see but... uh, if if anybody would actually accept it. I did not learn that on my own, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that you probably don't think about once once you go on past that point in the game for too long, you know. Kind of interesting thing about the dude who does accept it. He actually says people who have been coming to the island have been getting spammed left, right, and center, or scammed left, right, and center by that guy. So it's not the first victim he's had out of a hundred cats. He must be pretty rich. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Fire, do you have anything else to add to this? Nope, that's it for me. Oh, Zemnis, did you have something? Uh, yeah, I remember um, when I ran into that situation, I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool, you know, see if I could go and, and use it. And uh, then a little bit later on, I was exploring, uh, I think, one of the, the schools uh, near there. And there was the guy that I ran into that told me, well, the, you know, they're, they're not really used for anything. They're, you know, it's just junk. He scammed you or whatever. So I went back and I was actually able to charisma him to give me back my money the, the first time. And then, and that was before all the DLCs came out for it and whatnot. And then afterward, that's when I found out about the card. So I got my caps back and I was actually pretty thrilled with that. And I was kind of laughing the whole entire time. Huh? It's interesting. I love how these games are so diverse and well-made that everyone ends up with like slightly different experiences of, of the same kinds of things, but yet all from different angles. All right. Well, thanks, Fire. Um, yeah, I, I guess you're good, huh? Okay. Well, let's let's move on to Magnus. Magnus Vile. 
Okay. Welcome back, buddy. I have um, two small ones and one kind of funny one. So the first one I'd like to talk on is... So anyone who's played Fallout 3 will know about the Stash Rock, or Hidden Rock as I like to call it. It's at the back of Megaton. It carries, I think, it's just a small bit of loot, a couple of stim packs, a bit of ammo and whatnot. Well, in Fallout 4, there's a reference to it. If you go to Salem and you go out the back of the Salem church to the graveyard on the left side by the broken down tree, I do believe, there's a large rock that has a stash in it of 308 ammo, um, a few bits of random junk, a couple of stim packs, and it resets every time you enter the Salem area. So once you go out of render distance, wait a day, so 24 hours, and go back in, it's farmable. It's similar to the Megaton one. Uh, every time you enter and leave Megaton, it resets, so it's farmable. The next one I'd like to talk about is in the Nuka World DLC. I discovered this myself, and it kind of freaked me out the first time I seen it. So you're running through the gauntlet, and you have to like go through disarm different traps or brute force your way through them, whatever your build is. But if you take a miss turn on, I believe it's the radiation part. If you take a miss turn, you end up opening this door that leads to a dead end. But in the corner, there's a teddy bear. It's a standard teddy bear. But it has, like, on a scribbled, I believe it's either on the floor or on a note design on the floor, just says Billy. And it really freaked me out the first time I seen it because it was like, was this a child or... Was it, like, an insane sociopath? or Right, right. Or was it put it? here yeah. to just bother you? Yeah. 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 The final thing I'd like to talk on is something players would miss if they don't have attentive ears and sneaky sneak skills. The crazy thing about it is I knew about one of these encounters. I didn't know about the other one. But... If you go, I believe it's outside the paint mixing facility. I think it's Hardware Town or something. Out the back, there's a trailer with two raiders who are talking. They talk about this insane dude that they met. Throwing rocks, acting as if they're frag grenades. And hopping on his motorcycle, which he was making with his mouth. Shifting gears and riding downtown. Even made the thing gas out and restart. Huh. Crazy. He appears at Trinity Tower. He rode into Trinity Tower with nothing. Literally nothing. Except the bear claws on his back and a bag. Apparently reached into the bag, pulled out nothing, pulled a pin on his teeth, and threw a grenade. Obviously not there, but he made the sounds with his mouth. <laughs> and the superhumans were so freaked out, they didn't attack him. That's great. <laughs> Even the hounds left him alone, and that's the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> yeah, that's super weird. That psychos live. You know, what would be really cool is if you could pick up rocks and then do that in the game, like use like fake grenade rocks to just kind of like bluff enemies. I, I forgot that that wasn't a natural feature. <laughs> I play with too many mods. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's true. Um, does anybody else have any recollection of any, any of these things? Anything to share on these? Aperture? Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing 
the Billy Teddy. There's actually several teddy bears with notes and names. And there's like a lot of remnants of children games. Like I don't know if anyone's ever seen the children's face drawn in the lunchboxes, but uh, if you look really closely next to a bunch of these kind of like posed teddy bears, you can actually f- like open a lunchbox. You can actually see a drawn uh, a drawing of a child's face in the lunchbox inside. Huh. I've never noticed that. That's yeah, creepy. there's a lot of named teddy bears. Yeah, it, yeah, the teddy bears always scared me. I found those teddy bears and the lunchboxes and never thought about it ever again. And now, Aperture, you've made me want to go play Fallout 4 and hunt these things down. Thank you. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah, lit- teddy bear hunt. Yeah, it's fine. That's, that's what I'm here for. Literally, just look at them with your sniper scope. And you'll see the ghostly image of a child. Yeah, that's that's super creepy. Super weird. Well, thanks, Magnus. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. All right, let's move on to Nunamur. Nunamur, do you have any cows or super creepy things to share with us? Well, one part of this is a little creepy, but it's uh, mostly just uh, silly and irresponsible and uh, bad for your health. Mm. Um, And what I speak about are um, alcohol-induced blackouts. Because (laughs) I'm talking about... Yeah, super not good. (laughs) Um, But very fun in Fallout 76 if you find yourself drinking some Nuka Shine. Uh Uh, To quote the loading screen you get um, when you drink it, it says, half the fun of Nuka Shine is that you never know what kind of crazy places it will take you. And that's definitely true because the thing about Nuka Shine, for those that um, have yet to drink it in Fallout 76 or have yet to uh, play 76, um, what it does is you drink it and much like many other consumable you know, alcohol drinks. And uh, by the way, this was added in as part of the, uh, one of the first expansions with the uh, Wild Wasteland or rather wild Appalachia um, update. And so much like other consumable alcohol in the game, it gives you a buff. Um, it does you know, cause you to take 30 radiation damage, um, but it also causes uh, you to have a 50% uh, less sprint uh, action point cost. Your action points uh, regenerate 50% faster. And if you're drinking vintage Nuka Shine, it will give you 100% unarmed damage. So you can really punch it up uh, for, for a while. In fact, exactly for two minutes. <laughs> and during that two minutes, the screen will start flashing different colors. It will alternate between a blue and like a purple and all these different colors. Yep, yep. And after two minutes, you go to a loading screen because you've bl- your character has blacked out. And at that point, you will appear in one of um, 36 different locations spread across the map. Uh, this can be quite um, a problem if you're a lower level character and <laughs> yes. you drink some Nuka Shine and find yourself in the bog or find yourself in a higher level area. Uh, that, can, that can definitely be a problem. Also, wherever you end up waking up, you have, and it only lasts for 
20 seconds, but you do have a reduction to strength, endurance, and agility. So if you find yourself surrounded by enemies, you could get picked off really quick. But thankfully, most of the 36 locations are in somewhat remote areas. So that ends up working out fairly well most of the time. Um, however, some of the places you go when you black out are just kind of regular places. They're just, uh, you know, maybe a, a picnic table or you'll be surrounded by some skeletons. But there's quite a few you know, regular, regular places surrounded by skeletons. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. Surrounded by skin for in the, the wasteland. In the wasteland. Yes. Yeah. And in a fallout <laughs> game, being surrounded by skeletons is pretty, right, right. pretty, you know, daily basis occurrence. But especially in 76, where up until Wastelanders, everyone you come across is either a corpse or a skeleton anyway. Um, but there's a couple of the locations that are incredibly wacky, such as the Teddy Fear murder scene, which is one of my all-time all favorites of the 36 of them, which what you find is a Teddy Fear, which is a, a teddy bear that's found in Fallout 76 that is creepy looking. It's got red eyes and it's, it's, it's very dark and very kind of spooky looking. Uh -huh. And he's sitting up on a lawn chair looking over a corpse, looking over a skeleton. And the skeleton is surrounded by murderous lawn gnomes. <laughs> and there's an axe on the ground right next to the corpse. And like those are um, his minions. Exactly. And yeah. he's just watching as they uh yeah. as they've killed this guy. Um you can also find yourself suddenly in the middle of a of a lake uh on a raft. Mm -hmm. Um and you're about to be taking some radiation damage if Unless, um, you know, hopefully you're not over encumbered and you can fast travel because you're right smack dab in the middle of a lake on a raft. There's uh, also a, a place you can go to where it's uh, two skeletons sitting on toilets. Uh -huh. And uh, one of the most fun places you can end up is there's a um, up on the top of a mountain. There's a tightrope act, which apparently was a pre-war uh, film like they were filming a acrobat doing a tightrope act across this big crevasse and you can actually do the tightrope um, walk yourself if mm -hmm. you're if you're up for the challenge which i strongly suggest if you do it do it in power armor right. they make it a little bit more right. difficult but at least if you fall you're not gonna die right or have goat legs is that the mutation yeah, yeah. it's uh, a perk yeah it's yes. a perk card right a perk, um, right. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you could have that. Um, but yeah, power armor is definitely the, the easiest way to go. Um, but there's, um, the most wacky wasteland, the most weird, you know, Easter egg type thing that can actually happen if you drink the, um, the vintage Nuka shine is you can actually end up in a scenario where you might hear something in the back of your head. You may hear a voice that says, Hey, you, you're finally awake because you can actually find yourself in a meme reference to Skyrim where you're, you, when you awaken, you're in the back of a wagon <laughs> surrounded by three corpses and the wagons being pulled by a tractor. And it of course is a reference to the opening scene from Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, uh -huh. which uh, yeah. has been memefied to death at this point. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely a wacky, wacky Easter egg, 
But the thing about the Nuka Shine too, oh, also in each one of the fun things too, is if you're, what I like to do is I go on what I call camp tours, or I guess you could call it like a pub crawl or like a camp crawl. Mm -hmm. What I do is I equip um, two perks. I equip professional drinker so that I don't get addicted to the alcohol. And I equip um, a travel agent. And what I do is I'll just go to every single camp on the map server hop go to every single camp in the map and if they have uh punch bowls out what you do is you fill punch bowls with different forms of alcohol mm-hmm. and if you're a cool player you fill your punch bowl a hundred percent with vintage nuka shine that everybody <laughs> every time somebody comes to your camp they drink out of the vintage nuka shine and they have a little trip <laughs> they, they go um, somewhere yeah, they just go off on a little trip. In fact, um, I think it was actually True Dog who isn't with us yet tonight. But uh, I, it was me, Fire, and True Dog playing together. And he had gone to my camp. And now I make it pretty obvious. I have the wallpapers behind my bar. That's the It's the Nuka Shine wallpaper. Uh-huh. Um, so, and I have a little shrine with all these cats around the punch bowl. So it should be pretty obvious to any person who comes in there that there's going to be something that's not beer, not vodka. It's going to be vintage Nuka shine in that. Um, it's all subtle in that punch bowl. Yeah. Not, not subtle at all, but uh, I guess uh, true dog wasn't paying attention and he had himself a drink out of the punch bowl. <laughs> he's like, he's Oh guys, yelling, oh, no. he's yelling at me over voice chat saying, what it, 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 did you have vintage Nuka shine in there? Like I sure did. It's all vintage Nuka shine. Cause what some people do is they'll put like a couple vintage Nuka shine in mixed with beer and different things. And it's kind of luck of the draw that you get vintage mm-hmm. Nuka shine, mm-hmm. but I do it a hundred percent, all vintage Nuka shine. <laughs> now my camp is in a higher level area. So if you're out that way, you're going to be able to handle going on that little, yeah. that little trip, you know, but yeah. if I was in a lower level area, I probably wouldn't do that. But anyway, Um, but one of the cool thing is as you get to each of the 36 locations, you can actually find the empty Nuka shine bottle in that location. It's somewhere around somewhere on the ground and it's empty. So what essentially what your character did was picked up a big jug of vintage Nuka shine and just drank it while walking around Appalachia (laughs) Uh and just walked halfway across the map and then just checked it on the ground. And then you come to, and you're in this you know, random area. Yeah. I love, um, I love the speculation of like, what did I do? How did I get here? <laughs> Especially if you're like all the way across the map, it's like, wow, that was quite a trip. Yeah. Um, but the weird thing too, is that even things that are more meta about the vintage Nuka shine are actually somewhat wacky too, because there's um, actually a glitch. Um, I, th- I tend to think of this glitch as more of a feature than a glitch. Um, because it's, you know, you're playing with, when you're drinking something like moonshine, you're, you're playing with fire and there's a glitch in which you can go into an infinite loop of loading screens when you drink the vintage Nuka shine. So you get to one of the locations, screen blacks out again, goes to a loading screen. You get to another one of the locations and you'll just cycle through all 36 of the locations and you have to restart your game because there's no, there's no way out of the, uh, the loop. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know, you know, you're taking on a certain amount of risk when you're drinking Nuka shine. So sure. As you are in real life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Unless you're doing it by accident when you're drinking out of somebody's punch bowl, like a jerk like me. Uh Um, Uh but the other weird thing about, 
uh, Nukashan has to do with the lore, which it's the the Nukashan was actually created a year before the pre uh, a year before the Great War, and you can it's a whole quest that was again introduced with the Wild Appalachia uh, DLC, right. and it was created by a fraternity. And you can actually find the recipe and you actually have to find it for one of the most awesome characters that they had introduced with that DLC, which is Biv the robot, who is a drunk robot. He's, uh-huh. a pro- he's programmed to just be drunk all the time. And so you have to find the Nukashine recipe. And so you find this pre-war recipe. However, this is the weird part. The recipe calls for razor grain which is the mutated form of wheat. So that's what wheat is called after the Great War. It's called razor grain. Right. How would have it called for it ahead of it? Yeah. Before, yeah. Right. And the other, and this is really weird when it comes to like wacky lore, because this doesn't make any sense, is the um, recipe calls for Nuka-Cola Quantum, which when that recipe was written, it was actually a year before Nuka-Cola Quantum was released. Now, there is a possible explanation there where the the guy who created it was obsessed with Nuka-Cola. He had like um, a collection addiction to Nuka-Cola stuff. Uh So maybe he had some sort of inside knowledge or had the recipe to Nuka-Cola Quantum. Was a test test person or something for the drink. Yeah, he must have broken his NDA. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so even, even the lore surrounding Nukashine is itself wacky and seems almost like, almost like the lore itself was drinking some of the Nukashine and forgot exactly when it was supposed to be set. Yeah. But, yeah. Or but some yeah, timey wimey stuff happened with the doctor and maybe that's what. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe it was that half human doctor that came in from the TV movie again. Yeah. But yeah, so it's uh Nukashine is awesome and I just I love that and that that whole DLC package of course now it's been blown out of the water by Wastelanders, but when they came out with Wild Appalachia there was just so many little fun things added in and Nukashine is still to this day one of my favorite things in sex. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Very very cool. Um yeah, I remember experiencing that with Derek and um <laughs> that, in fact, that was the last thing I did with Derek before I came back and played him again with Wastelanders and he was still drunk and it had been almost a year <laughs> since I had played as Derek. So I was like, oh, Derek's still drunk. Oh, he. Oh, poor Derek. He gave in. He was having fun. Yeah, poor Derek. Um, does anybody else have any recollections of this stuff? They want to chime in. Victor. Um, mine's, of course, not a recollection. Damn my lack of a PC. but. Um, with the whole, you know, you, you drink the Nuka Shine and you end up somewhere on the map, um, that combined with the Skyrim reference earlier with the tractor or whatever, mm-hmm. it just reminds me, I don't know which Daedric Lord it is, but you get drunk with a Daedric Lord and you have to like trace your way back and you married somebody and all this stuff in Skyrim. I, I don't know as much about Skyrim as Fallout, but my friends who played Skyrim told me about this quest where you start drinking with like the Daedric Lord of Chaos I think it is and you end up on the other side of the map and you have to manually retrace your step to figure out what the heck you did right. I think there's a map somewhere in there it sounds, it sounds like Sheogorath yes it was Sheogorath right. thank yeah. you yeah. I, like I said not as familiar with Skyrim but yeah those two things I, I think it's definitely a bit of 
Bethesda looking at itself and going, this was funny. Let's make it 36 times more funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very similar. Zemnies, what you got? Yeah, um, I remember uh, when the, the quest came up, because I was actually um, just kind of on my own at the time. I was like a level 26. And this one guy, he comes up to me, he starts helping me building some stuff for one of the um, little camps you can make. Uh, and he said, well, have you done the, uh, fraternity quest yet? And I'm like, no, no, I hadn't. I said, what it's about. He says, come on, I'll show you. I said, okay. <laughs> so we went and, and did it. And he says, okay, now you've got this now, now you're going to have to drink it. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> good right. luck. Well, I figured, <laughs> yeah, I figured, okay, nothing bad's going to happen. Right. Well, the very first time I drank that, I started seeing the colors and I'm going, uh oh. Uh-huh. I did something wrong I wasn't supposed to. So then it finally did the loading screen and transported me. I woke up when I was in the Cranberry Bog the first time. Uh-huh. And I had I had to run out of there. I kept getting attacked by, by a uh, Scorch Beast. And he finally oh, yeah. got, his, got over to me. And he was trying to distract it while I got out of there. And then uh, the second time uh, that I did that, I actually got transported to that cart. Uh, in uh, where about the Elder Scrolls the Skyrim joke, yeah, 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 and it got me thinking about it. And like, like Victor was saying, uh, that one where you have to go and drink with the, the quest, I, I think it might have been Sanguine. Uh, oh, maybe, for, yeah, for it, um, because he gives you the san- Sanguine Rose after uh-huh. that, I believe, uh-huh. and all the stuff you had to go and do and you had to apologize to all these different ones afterwards trying <laughs> right. to figure out what you did. Right. And then who you got married to and everything. And it was, it was a fun time. Yeah. That's very cool. Aperture. You had something to add to this? Yeah. Fun fact. Uh, the vintage Nuka shine, uh, aspect is actually based on, um, <clears throat> my life in Toronto on a Friday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. Hey, you know what? You end up on Queen and Spadina. You don't know how you got there, and there's a bottle next to you. You got a police officer telling you to go home. Yeah, you yeah. got to apologize to five different women that you didn't mean to yeah. marry. Yeah. True story. Uh, Tom Howard still owes me money for that one. <clears throat> <laughs> Todd Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Magnus, you have something else? Uh, one of my first experiences with like Nuka Shine. I was like fresh level 10. I was messing around with some buddies of mine just on the Xbox. And they decided today would be a great day to mess with me because I know like nothing about the game. So I was uh, very jumpy because it was a friend's account. So I was like brand new, but I was level 10. So they decided to bring me along that quest line and just they done everything. They just told me to wait in the build and like follow them or input this code or whatever. I didn't know what I was doing. And they dragged me along and then told me to drink it. And I woke up in like the cranberry bog area. But I woke up in the cranberry bog right as I was getting over in Gumbert from like, because I was just going around picking up all like the code cues and all that. Uh-huh. So I had to try and walk my way all the way back up, and just my luck that a legendary sports piece comes and tries to attack. <laughs> yeah, and like I'm 
yelling at my friends. I'm like full on screaming that it sound like get me out of here and all this. And one of them just comes in and goes, That's nothing. That's a little bug. I go, What do you mean? And at this time someone had nuked the queen. And it's like, Oh just follow me and got me to drop <laughs> all the junk and uh, uh-huh. and you got to see the queen. over to him while uh-huh, he was at yeah. the queen fight. Yeah. And uh, let's just say I didn't play follow for a week after <laughs> it's a little much to just jump right into the mm-hmm. scorch legendary scorches and, and the queen yeah that's a lot well numer this was a fun topic thanks for bringing it do you have anything else to add nope that's it unless i forgot something from drinking nuka shine that's a <laughs> that's a possibility you drinking some right now no i can no comment n- neither confirm nor <laughs> deny whether or not i'm drinking nuka shine right now perfect awesome the colors <laughs> the color what aperture the colors are starting to set in he's gonna see a loading screen real soon yeah yeah pretty soon if you see a loading screen in real life then something's really gone wrong all right let's move on to soybean soybean welcome back what do you got this week hi all right uh this one's gonna be a bit of a bummer Uh-oh. compared to uh everyone else's uh content warning for the next few minutes uh dog death and Aww. sadness oh yeah don't, don't feel too bad about it so i might my mind will be able to bring people back out so don't worry too much all right good so my easter egg is the uh fossilized dog seymour in the fallout new vegas dlc lonesome road and when you go to the cave of Abaddon, uh, yeah, I think Abaddon is right. called. I think. And you have <laughs> Wacky. It's it's spelled A B A D D O N. So Abaddon. Sure. Um. So you have Wacky Wastelander as the perk active, and you can find this dog. like statue looking thing and this is a reference to the show Futurama by Matt Groening uh, the same creators of The Simpsons and uh, it's reference to a specific episode uh, season 5 episode 2 called Jurassic Bark in Uh which (laughs) funny name for such a sad episode (laughs) Uh, the main, the, the premise is the main character Fry, uh, was in the year 2000, got put in a cryo chamber and woke up in the year 3000. He finds his fossilized dog from when he was around in the 2000 or nineties. And he struggles throughout the episode, deciding whether or not to bring his dog back to life because this is the future and there's technology that he could. And they kind of analyzed the fossil and it turns out that the dog passed away at like age 12 or something like the dog had lived a long life. And Fry decides, you know what? No, like, I'm not going to bring him back because he lived his life and like, I don't need to do that. And then... And then, and then the show and then the show decides to show us what the dog had went through. 
and it showed how he waited for i know i'm yes, i'm getting I, all weepy i remember i remember this episode now yes it's uh, very tragic because <laughs> fry was a pizza delivery boy and right. he would go on the deliveries him and he waited by the pizza place every day uh-huh. until the day he died uh-huh. and it shows it it shows him old and scraggly <laughs> just lay his head on the cement and close his eyes and i cry every time and i am on the verge of tears Aww. because we do not deserve dogs <laughs> no, dogs are too good for us <laughs> but my god yeah and like I thought at least it was it was a very interesting Easter egg because in general Easter eggs are supposed to be the kind of thing you look at and be like, oh, ha, cool. Meanwhile, this one you look at and and you start to cry. So that's cool. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's cool. A, Thanks, it's like a reverse Paula. Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I'm here with Wacky Wastelander trying to have a good time. And who did this to me? Yeah, and then you're like, you're like, you're like, oh, look at this. Oh, 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 no. no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. That's so sad. It's funny. (laughs) That's. Oh, Oh, yeah. So, so, you know, thank you to all the dogs out there making our lives better. I'm sure they're enjoying the quarantine with all their owners. And uh, yeah, there we go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nunamur just shared the, um, the uh the picture of the dog in our in our little uh discord chat oh man yep oh that's funny do you guys do you guys remember doing that as i mumble all my words together anyone else experience this in the game aperture yes i remember my heart (laughs) you remember your heart being you disappeared i remember my heart being broken broken you Uh uh-huh victor just as a slight reference now i don't know if the easter egg goes back this far but according to time periods it would um of course so the easter egg is referencing the episode of futurama that episode of futurama might actually be referencing a real thing i had to look it up uh, in a book i've been reading lately oh man Uh, a a dog named hachiko there's a statue of him at a japanese uh, train station because he would wait for his master every day to come off of of the train from work because like japanese trains are notoriously perfectly on time yeah but then they, his master had a heart attack at work oh. but hachiko came back every day yeah and now he has the statue of himself so i, I wonder especially with like the fossilized slash statue thing if that's not only referencing futurama but if it's reference referencing real, um, real stuff yeah yeah hachiko because there's a statue to the point, and of course, in Japanese culture, it's basically a shrine now to the loyalty of dogs to mankind, which illustrates yet again, we do not deserve dogs. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I bet, I bet, like knowing the way those guys, the, the you know, the writers on those shows are, they're they're very knowledgeable, and they often do draw from real world things. So that's man, that's that's hilarious and sad all at the same time. Yeah, I didn't mean to make that make that sadder, but it was like, wait a minute, I know this story from my research about death rituals. So yeah, wow, it's um, it's definitely. I, I think it's probably a combination, at least on Obsidian's part, of referencing Futurama and Hachiko. And I would be surprised if the writers on Futurama had totally like missed out on 
the reference and had just created it independently. Yeah, yeah chances are it's a reference. Yeah, wouldn't aren't there like multiple PhDs on that show? Oh or yeah, something? they're they're all very smart people. Yeah, they're they're like the smartest writers on any TV show ever, or something. If you look at like the amount of uh, education behind them, yeah, pretty crazy. Zemnis, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, I remember when I first um, went into this and, and saw that. I thought at first it was a statue until I started digging a little bit deeper into it. And then when I, I realized what it was, I kind of felt really bad <laughs> for, <laughs> for thinking it was a statue. Cause I'm like, okay, well you see a bunch of, you know, uh, statues all over the place and whatnot. Some were bronze and whatnot. And, and after that, I, I felt so bad and I just said, no, I'm, I, I wish there was a way that they could have made it to where you could actually help the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that there's a way to help the dog, though, right? Is is that a thing? I don't think so. No, I don't think it is. I, I just kind of wish that they had put it in there so that, that way the dog wasn't suffering anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, thank you, Soybean, for the uh, emotional uh, roller coaster you brought us through. No problem. Um, <laughs> I was going to say it'd be interesting if we could help and uh, you would bring it to Big Empty with all the technology there. Get mm. the clone of the dog or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, get it. Get like a dog meat too to follow you around, give it a new uh, better better life maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nunamur, did you want to add something? Yeah, no that that episode in particular, just uh, of Futurama. I I nope out of that episode every time it's on as a rerun. I I've only seen it once, and I will only see it once. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I I, I definitely think um. I I would like to think of the reference in in Fall at New Vegas as being more of a reference to um was it Hachiko I believe uh, the name um of the Japanese dog because somehow the real story is less depressing than the Futurama episode because I don't expect to be so depressed by Futurama um and I just wanted to uh, back up what everybody was saying about saying that we don't deserve dogs but I also being a cat person want to say we don't deserve cats. No, 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 that's wrong. Cats don't deserve us. That's right. Yeah, that's that's probably the more accurate way to say that. <laughs> well, Soybean, thank you so much. Um, this was a fun one, even though it was sad. I enjoyed it. Um, anything else to add at the end of that? I will echo that. I also love cats. And shout out to my <laughs> son, Tesla, who inspires me every day with his three legs and still finds ways to make my life impossible, jumping where he should not be able to. Oh, oh yeah. And you're sharing your, your dog though. in the picture. Is that a Shih Tzu? That looks a lot like, yeah, he like was Oreo. A shih tzu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have, we have a dog named Oreo that looks very similar to that. His name was Mackie and, uh, his great grandfather was a show winner, but he was happy to live a small life as a, a house pet. Oh, <laughs> very cute. Awesome. All right, Victor, it's your turn. What do you got this week? So I, like others, have kind of just a collection of little ones um, that are all under, uh, you could just call this the label of legally distinct Disney World. Um, I'm talking, of course, <laughs> okay. uh, Nuka World. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Nuka, Nuka World is literally, it's just, it's legally distinct Disney, and that's pretty obvious in several ways um a lot of the rides and lands are absolutely 
just totally cribbed from Disney. Um, Nukatown, USA is Main Street, USA. They've got like a mountain area. Uh, they've got like a mountain area. They've got an aversion of the Matterhorn bobsleds of Big Thunder Mountain. Like a lot of the really big, everybody knows about it rides. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of the smaller things that people like it might get passed over is I'm sorry, I'm having to get my notes to reload. That's fine. This is why I'm being on a phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Technology. Is, uh, the, the, the two biggest things that just stand out to me is just a really cool Easter egg type thing lead into each other. And the first is, um, as a quest, you get the hidden Cappy quest. I believe you actually specifically, I don't, I can never remember her name. The, the Nuka, Nuka, Nuka Cola super fan from Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember her name either. Right, but she shows up in the Nuka World expansion. Um, and basically, she asks you to do the Cappy quest for her because she is soft and squishy and can't fight a rad roach. Um, <laughs> right. And that's actually reflective of a kind of passive pastime you can have at the Disney parks, which is looking for the hidden Mickeys. Yeah. Everything to sometimes the gravel patterns or. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, natural rock formations will make a, a Mickey pattern all the way up to it was Disney's California Adventure, I believe, before they started adding a lot more stuff to it. If you looked at the aerial photo of it, the entire park was Mickey he- Mickey's head. Oh wow! Yeah, it's everything. The um, this one's not so much hidden because it kind of got publicized, but like the giant solar farm that they built is in the shape of a Mickey head. Mm-hmm. Um, so hidden Mickey's, hidden Cappy's, uh, which leads into probably my favorite thing, which is this isn't real. It ha- it is in the public record that this never happened, but there is an urban myth that Walt Disney's head was decapitated and cryogenically frozen <laughs> and hidden under Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. Come back to life sometime. Right, right. <laughs> Reality was he was uh, cremated and his uh, ashes were interned at um, the uh, Forest Memorial uh, graveyard, which is kind of like the it's kind of like the the Walk of the Stars in L.A. or something, but with graves. Mm. It's like where the rich and the rich and beautiful and popular get buried in L.A. Um, But the thing is, despite it being debunked time and time again, it's still kind of a pop culture reference to the point where, I mean, going back to Futurama, there's the whole like wall of heads that they've got preserved in Futurama. Right. Yeah. And if you complete the Cappy quest, because what you have to do is you have to look for the hidden Cappies and then you have to put on like old school 3D, you know, like red, not 3D, but they have like red plastic lenses so that you can see hidden letters. Uh huh. And you have to get all of these letters, and you have to put them into the right configuration, and you win a prize. Uh, the word is refreshment, which, considering it's Nuka-Cola, that's not surprising. And the prize is getting a chance to meet uh, the CEO of Nuka World. Well, he was part of Project, Project Cobalt, so he was uh, actually kind of adjacent to the Enclave. He wasn't part of the Enclave, but he was aware of what like some of the darker stuff that the U.S. military was doing and the Enclave preparations. So he, like Mr. House, underwent a very radical medical um, procedure prior to the Great War. Except Mr. House managed to keep his entire body. 
the CEO of Nuka World only got his head. Of course. So right. you yeah. go into Nuka World, go under Nuka World, and find the CEO's uh, preserved head, except his is actually um, talking. And it, the, 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 that's like the last part of that quest, and you kind of get a choice between... Um, do you, do you let Superfan, you know, just nag at him for the rest of her life? Or do you ask his request, which is he's been alone and conscious these, what, 200 years? Yeah, wow. Is it 2077? Yes, it's, it's 200 and something years at the point, yeah. Yeah, so he's been alive and not had human contact for 200 years. Yeah, wow. He wants to die. <laughs> But the thing is, is, as you're going through this, you learn about all the terrible things. So it's like, do you kill him? Do you kill him because he's a bad person? Do you kill him because it's his wish? Or do you make him stay alive and suffer because of the terrible things he did as the CEO of Nuka World or Nuka Cola? Mm -hmm. um, but just making kind of definitely not one of the big quests because it has nothing to do with Raider factions, but a large side quest, I guess you could say, be that entwined into one of the most popular myths despite being thoroughly debunked one of the more popular pop culture myths known of disney's head it's frozen and under pirates of the caribbean yeah no, that's great um I, in fact when i played nuke call i was hoping for more of that content i was a little disappointed that we got so much about different raider groups and less about at the park itself a lot about a lot, like I said, it's really obvious with Bethesda, and I think they did a really good job of straddling the line between legally distinct Disney World and yeah. not actually copying it. There's a lot of references all over. Um, I just hit the big ones because I didn't want to ramble for too long. Yeah, no, those um, are great. Yeah. Instead of like in the Raider factions, you hear a lot about their stuff because of. Um, you're talking to them. If you do things like go through the terminals, look Whoa, at all, look at what what awesome. Nuka World was, what remnants we have of it left, like all the robots, and look at the terminals and the displays. It's more of an environmental story of how you see where it's like Disney and where it isn't, which is something I actually appreciate in a in a subtle way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I got really excited when I saw the Nuka World stuff because I'm a giant like Disney Disney Parks nerd in general, and it was like, oh boy, we're gonna see all of the things. And they managed to do really, like I said, I think they did a really good job of blending Fallout and Disney, which is a really hard mix if you think about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I need to dig. I need to dig more into that stuff and and see what else there is. Uh, it could be a very fun episode or two of the show sometime in the future to really get into that stuff even more. Very cool stuff. Have any of you guys played through any of that that content? Did you get through the collecting the caps, Nunamur? Yeah, the uh, name that you were searching for is Sierra uh, Petrovita, and um, she's my girl. I love her. Um, any reference with any anything in Fallout Four, which again is in my hometown, that references a game that was important to me as Fallout Three let alone having a character carried over from one to the other. Just, just absolutely love that. And I loved in um, Fallout 3, the whole thing of collecting um, how she was building a Nuka-Cola museum. 
and how she has you go around collecting Nuka-Cola Quantums, which were uh, very hard to find and very hard to collect. Um, I think it was 30 or 40 of them. I think it was 30 um, that she had you uh, collect. And um, to have her come back and just have her like fangirling out on uh, Nuka-Cola World and how how cool it was. I just, I love that. Like um, it was sort of a, you know, like a meta um meta thing of fandom and stuff seeing that it represented in um fallout it's really cool and also i think the the world of disney and fallout actually blend together really well if you think about it because disney still kind of has that kind of um old school americana 50s aesthetic and and a lot of that sort of culture around the park yeah the leave it to aesthetic yeah and you know that that definitely matches really well with the retrofuturism of uh fallout you know where you have you know technology that is way beyond you know what we have but at the same time things look you know so old and old fashioned and you definitely get that impression when you go to disney parks yeah yeah so there's definitely that like i said it really struck me when i started watching the playthroughs and you walk into nukatown usa and i'm just like why isn't there a castle at the end of this road because it's main street usa yeah yeah this isn't one-to-one so uh here in florida you wouldn't you won't believe this there are people who are absolutely nuts about disney who knew right um i actually have some friends who live uh in orlando and uh they have a season pass and they go like a year pass and they go back all the time and they do all the hidden mickey stuff they they do all the special events everything all the time magnus uh one of the kind of things that i have experience with is trying to do that quest the copy one failing about halfway through before realizing every guide i looked at was either incomplete or where they said it was it had got changed because of mods. So I then went to look at like the mod pages and all that to try and find stuff out. Yeah, no, it didn't work to the point where I just ended up ESPing in, which is where like you free cam in to find out that underneath the ground, his entire body is actually there as in kept as a model. For the thing, it's not like his player head or anything. He actually has a model, but it's just kept out of view. Huh, I wonder if so, that was just easier for the for coding it for like making it. They didn't need to delete I, it. I think it was, but Bethesda are also known for just hiding stuff out of maps for modders and yeah, yeah, deep dives. Like they done the infamous uh, green cap deep dive in some of the older games. Right. If you're not familiar, they hit a green cap in a lot of the older games in the source code that never appeared in the games. When people started linking, it's in this game, this game, this game, people started to notice a pattern, thinking that it led to something kind of like a um, teasing for a new game or new character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Aperture? Well, they did the same thing um, <clears throat> uh, with you know keeping his his whole character model. Uh, hidden underneath the scenery, they did something similar in Fallout 3 Broken Steel, where at one point in the game, you have to get onto a monorail, which will take you down a tunnel. 
they didn't have the proper programming to make a actual independent monorail. So the monorail is a hat being worn by a dude out of sight, and he's just running. Mm. Uh, and that is how you... They like to hide bodies out of sight. <laughs> they like to hide the bodies. That's what you're saying? Especially in DLC, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if it's like two things at the same time. One, it's easier for just to develop it and just stick the bodies in a place where they don't actually have to do the deleting and cleanup. And then two, eh, people will find it and it'll be a thing that they discuss. So, interesting. New number? Also- oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Aperture. Oh, no, I, well, I was just going to back up what, what Aperture was saying. Just if you get the chance to look that up, anyone who's listening, um, the whole thing with the monorail is just so, it is, it's so trippy. It's so strange. And the that they would even think of that as a workaround is just like really brilliant game design. I just wanted to give props to Bethesda on that. I also just need to add, uh, Victor. I don't believe you is totally frozen underneath Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> well, I it's all a cover up. <laughs> cover up for what? For the for the rise of Frozen Disney in 2077? Listen, <laughs> I I don't let anyone tell me what to do. I know they say don't eat the silica gel packets. I ate them and I saw Disney is still <laughs> Don't drink the whole thing of Nuka Shine. Don't tell don't me what to do. Out. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Victor. Those, those were really cool. Uh, let's move on to our last and newest guest, Zemnis. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So what are you bringing this week? What are you, what are you sharing with us? Well, I've uh, got a couple of um, kind of Easter eggs. Uh, and then I've also got kind of have a personal experience that I've had that was, I thought was kind of funny. Okay. Uh, the first thing I want to start off with is the little death claw that you find in Higgs village right behind Dr. Boris's house. Uh-huh. Um, that's actually a reference to gremlins uh, from the gremlin movie. There is that main character named stripe and he basically uh, is a guard dog for his little food bowl. And what a lot of people don't realize with him is that he's not an ordinary death claw. Yeah. He may be smaller and he, cuter but his uh health is actually higher than a normal death clause because they're usually around 500 health and then his is like 850 and then regular death claws uh usually do about like 125 damage he does about 250 so he's a lot harder to kill and a lot faster than the other ones because of his small size and uh, i always loved going and playing the old world blues uh, for New Vegas, and just being able to see him and and go and uh, just kind of mess with him while I was tr- trying to go and get that quest done. Yeah. Um, the other one that I had was actually uh, a movie movie reference. If I can actually spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I do this all the time, and most and many times I don't take the time to edit it out, just so people can get some of the real experience of talking to a microphone all day. Yes, uh, yeah, making words fit together like that is, is very common on a podcast. So go on. Exactly. Um, well, this one, since it's a movie reference, reference, I've uh, you know, I've I've watched all these different movies, especially the newest ones that they've had. Um, if you find in Fallout Four, you'll find somewhere, and I can't remember exactly the place that you can find it, 
but it's a flux sensor. And it's very odd because you see regular sensor modules throughout Fallout 4, Fallout New Vegas, stuff like that. This one, if you examine it closer, uh, you'll be able to flip it around. You'll see a serial number. That serial number turns out to be the digital readout ID for Nostromo in the Aliens movie. The uh, place you're thinking of is Green Tech Genetics' fourth floor in the back left corner on the desk. No, there you go. Magnus is, is a robot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought that was pretty cool, fi- uh, finding something that they, they put in there from an actual movie that we, we have, because I've always loved those movies. Um, and then uh, for my personal experience, was actually... Um, Probably about five, maybe six days ago, uh, after Nuke or uh, not Nuke World, Wastelanders came out. Um, I was doing the uh, Queen of the Hunt uh, quest, and I was trying to find the the cryptid that they were wanting me to find. And instead, I ran into a three star legendary sheep uh, sheep squatch, and I'm sitting there kind of struggling with it because it's not showing like it's red or anything and so i'm like that's kind of interesting because i was in my own private server Mm -hmm. and um so i go and i actually walk up to it and it's not attacking me or anything so i'm you know just walking around it. i'm seeing it looking at me and everything i said okay well you have a good day bye so i don't didn't want it to attack me i start walking away and all of a sudden i hear these big lumbering footsteps behind me i'm like "Uh uh-oh so i start running and it starts following me. And I'm going, what What on earth is going on here? So I look around. It's not attacking nothing. It just, it's just following me around. So I had a little partner following me around the whole entire map. <laughs> and whatever enemies that I had, it would attack the enemies and not me. So I had like a, a super own, bodyguard. Yeah, you had your own pet Deathclaw. Yeah. Sweet. How long did that last? Uh, it lasted probably for about four or five hours and then uh, i had wow. somebody that needed some help on uh you know the regular online servers and then when i went to go back in it disappeared yeah so i, I don't know if it was like a random of a uh, thing that could happen or if it was just a glitch yeah but i thought that was pretty cool yeah it seems it seems like it, it's probably a glitch i haven't heard of this happening with anyone else but if if anyone else knows of this happening if it's actually built into the game but it seems like somehow it triggered you as not an enemy and so yeah it was just like cool it, it, you know it saw you as a as another ai or something and, and i just actually like a glitch that happened in follow for when i first launched it's ai tracking thinking the human player is ai when it's yeah not. yeah that's what it sounds like, like. Um, an oversight in the code that allows the creature because they have adaptive thinking with the whole courage system whether they attack or not um certain creatures have a maxed out courage but if that takes over it resets instead of taking over ah uh, uh, it zeroes so out yeah it zeroes out and they're completely normal yeah yeah it would it would be similar uh kind of glitch then that to the infamous gandhi glitch glitch in civilization where he's pe- super peaceful <laughs> and peaceful he becomes a despotic warlord oh god and gandhi was always a, a jerk i mean man he always nuked me 
<laughs> New number? Yeah, actually, oh, sorry. The fun, the, so the fun fact about, about that uh, glitch is that was unintentional the first time, but they found that the community loved that glitch so much that it's no longer a glitch, and he just right off the bat is a warlord yeah. in all of the games. Yeah, pretty much. And I, those kinds of glitches are so funny where it's you mess with the programming enough that it does the opposite of what you did and you didn't even mean to make it do the opposite. Right. Right. That's great. That's great. New number. Yeah. The other thing that could have happened with that, um, glitch, which again, that sounds like much more feature than a glitch, um, is that it, uh, it, sometimes, and I've had this happen to me recently. Sometimes the game will think you have certain perks enabled. Um, like there's a perk that allows when you pick vegetables and plants, it allows you to get like double the, the result. So instead of getting one corn, you get two or whatever. And, um, I didn't have that perk enabled and I was, it was happening to me just earlier today. I was getting double everything I was, I was picking and I didn't have, I checked my, my stats. I checked everything. I didn't have anything enabled, no, like magazine or anything that was causing that to happen Mm -hmm. and so what might have actually happened is that the game may have thought that he had um i forget what the perk name is but there's the perk where you can actually pacify yeah it's something like that animal pacify or something yeah wasteland whispers wasteland that's it wasteland whispers um because animal friend only does animals Mm -hmm. wasteland whisper does creatures so the game might have thought that he had wasteland whisperer enabled and just you know pacified that creature and then he got you know got a pet death claw yeah which is which is never a bad thing yeah that that could be another explanation crazy stuff zemnies you have any anything else to add to this um and then there was uh there's one other experience that i just thought about too um there is also an encounter that you can um find in fallout 76 and it's where there's two uh, uh there's a miss miss handy and uh, or uh, miss nanny and then uh, mr handy robot that go and they start talking just randomly where uh in certain areas and stuff and at this point uh you know i said well this was pretty interesting so i walked up to it to find out what was going on and partway through all of a sudden i started hearing what some of my friends and call hissers which are the scorched they call them and, hissers. That's interesting. Okay. Because it sounds like they're always hissing all the time yeah. at you, you know? Yeah. And so I heard them, and then all of a sudden I started hearing bat wings. I'm like, uh-oh. So the Scorch Beast ended up destroying both the robot. So I had like a Darth Vader moment there for a minute, and I did the whole no thing and went after him <laughs> and, and killed them all. Uh-huh. And this other player was sitting there watching this whole whole entire thing unravel. And so then I go over and I kind of have like a funeral ceremony for him. And he walks over, he goes, I'm sorry about your friends. And he sits there and has a funeral with me. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's, I, I love these games, how things can just happen. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. half, half the fun is, is the wacky wackiness of the, the content and the way things just kind of work out sometimes. Awesome stuff. Anybody else have anything to chime in? Is that about it? 
We're getting to the end of the episode. It looks it looks like nobody else has any other any other things to chime in with. Well, thank you, Zemnis. Thank you for joining and um, for upping your subscription this month to tier four. Um, it looks like we're at the end of the episode. I know we have some of our tier four patrons that couldn't make it this week that tried to make it may have had technical problems or some other difficulties that they couldn't make it. So please, please, please other tier four patrons send me shoot, shoot an email to follow at gmail.com where they recording and I'll plug you into the end of a, a future episode. So you can make sure that you get some of your thoughts on the show. Um, I'd hate for you to miss out on at least being able to do that much. If you can't make it to the chat. And thank you to all of our live listeners and watchers on twitch.tv slash robots radio. Um, we're going to go back through the list and let everyone get in a last word and, and let the audience know how to get a hold of them uh, while we wrap this up. So why don't we just go back down the list? Uh, Aperture Flash, how can people get a hold of you? Oh, you can find me uh, in all the places and find Twitter, Instagram, Discord, all at Aperture underscore Flash. Uh, call me up on ACB Radio if you hop on channel 119 and I'm in the area. And uh, if you go out into a dark field in the middle of the night, in my name, top of your lungs, <laughs> you can see headlights. Are you driving a ghost truck now? No, what this is his cross-country cross country Miata. It's his cross-country Miata. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's my Miata. I'll, I'll show up in the pop-up headlights. Your pop-up headlights. <laughs> All right, awesome. <laughs> uh, Fire, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me here on the Discord or come chat with me on Twitter at FireWriter. And Fire spelled with a Y. Awesome, awesome. And Numer. Hey, um, I'm on, also on the Discord and on Twitter, both as uh, Nunamar. And uh, just uh, hope everyone's staying uh, sa- safe and healthy out there. Uh, definitely drink Nuka Shine. Don't eat Celica gel packs. Don't eat Tide Pods. And please, whatever you do, don't inject or drink disinfectants <laughs> or bleach. Please. Yes, please. Be safe. Be safe. <laughs> okay, uh, soybean? Hello, Soybean the Wolf everywhere, and uh, I'd like to put my little PSA out there. <laughs> okay. Do not, do not trust the false prophets within Fallout 76 Wastelanders, the cult of the Mothman that you see. Oh. Do not trust them. I have rebuilt my church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they destroyed your church. <laughs> yes, well, the my poor did. church. Yeah. Oh, man. Good old Mothman cultists. Victor. Um, unlike everyone else, I don't have much of an online presence except for the Discord, but I am pretty active on the Discord, and my name's just Victor, with a K. Um, hit me up, and, uh, please, I actually, over the past month, somebody asked a question about, like, history or cultural, uh, lead-up to the Great War. If you guys want to talk about, like, history or cultural, like, elements that either happened after the great war before the great war or that was before the great war that influenced after the great war please i will write you several paragraphs at midnight about it so (laughs) feel free to ping me but yeah just mostly on the discord and uh yeah awesome awesome yeah victor always has lots to say about that stuff so uh yeah do that and then zemnis 
Uh, well, you can usually find me uh, on Discord. Uh, since I'm an over-the-road driver, it's kind of hard to, you know, get when I'm going to be home and when I'm not. Um, you can also find me. Uh, sometimes I'll stream on Twitch, Zemnis Nightwolf, and uh, you can also find me on Steam, Zemnis Nightwolf ninety one, and also my YouTube channel, Zemnis the Nightwolf. Uh, I'm generally on here. Uh, but I'll get back to you when I can. And then also, uh, if you're looking to team up on Fallout 76 on PS4 or PC, uh, generally, uh, I'm usually on the PC more often, but when I'm home, uh, I'm on my, the PS4. So that would be Lagger019 for the PS4 and Zemnus Nightwolf for uh, PC. Awesome. Yeah, group up. Group up and play some, play some Fallout 76 because it's always more fun with friends. Um, speaking of Fallout 76, I've been streaming it more. I've been I streamed almost every day this last week. Um, so if you want to hang out with me and we're doing these episodes live in the evenings now at the end of the month. So if you want to join us, feel free to join us on the Patreon, uh, tier four subscribers and higher and join us in this conversation at the end of every month. And if you just want to hang out with the community, then the discord, the robots radio discord is the place to be. And if you want to hang out with me, usually in the evenings after 9 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific, then twitch.tv slash robots radio is where I've been lately. And hopefully I can keep doing that, making that a priority. And Aperture, did you have something else you wanted to add? Yeah, we got to make a shout out to, to PED and all the other tier, uh, all the other tier four patrons. Make it, I know PED never makes it, but uh, shout out to them. And, uh, yeah, can't forget to shut. Yes. Yes. And please, um, other patrons, if you, if you have other tier four patrons, if you have something you want to add in, send it to me, I'll add it into the end of another episode. And Nunamur, did you have something else? Yeah. Just anyone out there listening to this, if you haven't yet watched the, uh, Fallout Hub, uh, launch party that, um, that was recently done with, um, Pete Hines and Juicehead and Oxhorn. Uh, that was such a wonderful show. It was so great to see people coming together, having positivity surrounding uh, Fallout 76. And Pete Hines had a lot to say. It was, uh, it was a great show. So people should uh, definitely check that out, whether they want to listen to it or definitely watch the video if they can, because it's uh, fun seeing everyone's reactions. And that was just uh, such a fun time. So uh, thank you very much for that awesome show. And I hope, hope even more people check it out. Thanks, Nunamur. Yeah, that's a that's another robots radio show that I do with Ken and Dave. Ken from Chad Fault seventy six and Dave from uh, Vault Boys WV. And you can check that out on the. You can check that out. Hey, we got a new subscriber. This is going to show up probably in the audio. Thank you, Proc, for for the new subscription. Um, and you can check that out on whatever podcatcher you use, the Fallout Hub. Just look it up. And if you want to watch the video part of it, it's up on the Chad Fault seventy six uh, YouTube channel. So you can also search that as well. Uh, I think that's all we've got. The only thing left here, guys, is to discuss what we're going to talk about next month. What do you think? We're just going to talk about you, buddy. It'll be the Tom Lorecast. It'll be the Tom Lorecast. We're going to learn everything all about you. We're going to go up and down the Wikipedia article. (laughs) Did you guys make a Wikipedia article for me? (laughs) Not yet. What is going on? (laughs) That would be nuts. Um, other than Tom, any other thoughts? 
I was seeing DL like favorite DLC tossed around, and I think there's enough DLC packets that we could do it. Oh yeah, yeah, we could. We you guys could all pick different DLC if you want to, or you could team up and double up on one of them and discuss it together and your experiences mm -hmm. with it. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll set up a document or to I'll start looking up the what all the names are and start up a sheet so that people can find out if they're going to do it by themselves or if they want to try to team up or whatever so that we've got a nice neat list. So if you end up becoming a tier four patron in the month of May, just honestly ping me. I'm probably going to make the document either tonight or tomorrow, and uh, we can help you get set up to make sure there's not any unintentional crossover. Right. Yeah, that would be awesome. And if you do become a tier four patron, you'll get access to the tier four chat where every month these are all all these issues are discussed. So you'll be able to chime in and and, and say that on the discord. Magnus? Within uh, talking about like DLC, DLC, is it like class creatures and everything within it or? I suppose you could talk about which ones you liked or a specific one you liked and why you liked it or a specific thing about a DLC that particularly stands out to you and, and why why it's maybe your favorite or one of your favorites. I mean, there's lots of different angles we could go at from it. You can talk about um, individual characters that only show up in a specific DLC and why they're interesting to you. Uh, events, decisions you had to make. There's a lot of different ways we could skin a cat. Man, we got back to sad pet things didn't we sorry about that um well okay well we'll go with dlc for now we'll see where that goes so everybody thank you for thank you for joining me again this this month and oh and by the way may my birthday's in may may my birthday's may 8th it's coming up so i'm gonna be <laughs> 41 years old um too old that's how old i'm gonna be um so that's going to be a lot of fun. Happy too. midlife crisis, Tom. Yeah, I guess. Oh, I need to have one. Okay. I'll schedule in having a midlife crisis while you guys schedule in uh, what DC, DLC you're going to talk about and we'll go from there. All right, guys. I'm going to chip in and get you a. Get me a. Motorcycle. Motorcycle. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you didn't say something or if it just went away. I was going to say, you've well, got plenty no, of time no. to plan it while you, you know, we're all kind of stuck indoors. You've got plenty of time to plan just an extensive midlife crisis breakdown over yeah. the fall. Yeah, yeah. Personally, I like to go with the fact of you never knowing your life is at midpoint, so just have ongoing crisis. Yeah, just constant midlife crisis. You never know. See, this guy knows what's up. Yeah, yeah. Well, all it is is he's just getting younger, that's all. There you go. There you go. This is why you guys need to tune into the Discord channel and chat with these guys, because this is the kind of conversation that happens all of the time. So, all right, everybody. Thank you again. And uh, to all of our viewers, see you next time on Twitch, on Twitch, on Twitter, on whatever starts with TW. Um, all right. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park 